Welcome to Planet Pod, the podcast for everyone who cares about the planet. Welcome to Planet Pod with me, Amanda Carpenter, and today we're in a very unusual space for the pod. We're actually outdoors in Regent's Park, and we're standing under a beautiful tree canopy of Japanese elm, and we're here to talk about an amazing new resource for those of us who love trees and love music. It's an an app that's been developed in conjunction with the Royal Parks, and I've four guests standing around um, under this um, tree canopy today. Matt from Royal Parks, Marianne, who's the editor of Resurgence magazine, and Isaac and Margita, who are both um, composers and have been responsible for developing the app. But before we talk about that in detail, I'd really like to just explore this whole idea about how we as humans interact with nature and the sounds of nature. And Marianne, I know this is of concern for you, isn't it? Because we were talking earlier about the fact that that, that we're disassociated from a lot of the natural world and a lot of natural sounds. And even here in the park today, we can hear the road and we can hear people and music and, 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 and intrusions. And we've become isolated slightly from the sound of the natural world. And that's not good for us as people and as planetary um, inhabitants, is it? No, it's kind of symptomatic of our general disconnection with the natural world. And um, especially in cities where folk are surrounded with the noise, traffic noise, which is studied as a stressful noise and large volumes of people the sound of that is also a stressful noise whereas bird song specific kinds of bird song is also studied as a positive impact on health so the sounds we hear whether we're kind of conscious of them or not are really important and they can be positive and negative sounds as you've just said yeah. so, and we often bl- blame the, the, the kind of intrusion of technology for getting yeah. in the way of, of our interrelationship with, with nature and our interaction with nature and our hearing of nature. Um, but actually, sometimes that's just an excuse. Sometimes I think that we're possibly not open to the sounds around us. Um, or, you know, we're too busy or too plugged yeah. into something else to actually observe and hear what's going on. Yeah, I think blaming technology is a bit of a distraction because ultimately our disconnect from nature is part of a much bigger problem which is the economic system which divorces people from their connection with nature because it commodifies nature and nature is not valued in itself it's only valued for example a tree is not valued as a tree a tree is valued as chopped up bits of wood so I think yeah blaming mobile phones for example is not it is like I say a distraction and actually mobile devices can be positive and can actually enhance people's connection with nature not just this project but I mean you look at like sound artists like Leah Barclay who's done the project she does lots of sound installations she she's based in Australia but she does sound installations she did one with the Eiffel Tower using sound from the Amazon rainforest so people could use their mobile devices to listen to the, the Amazon and that was layered as well in the same way that the technology um, in this project so people could be immersed in the sound of the Amazon, but in a city. So it, it kind of, it's another way to kind of not only bring people back to nature, but also to be quite political and say, well, 
that these are the problems that we're facing because we're chopping down the rainforest. And, you know, you might just look at a bit of paper and read about it in the newspaper, but it's quite... When you're actually immersed in the sound, it's much more kind of powerful, I think. It can be a much more powerful medium. Yeah. We've talked a lot on, in the pod uh, over previous episodes about art and our connectivity between art and nature and actually how it's a fabulous resource for, for artists of all kinds, both visual and, and, and you know, sound artists. So... Uh, Matt, I wanted to talk to you about this, but first of all, I wanted you to just give us a, a sense of what it's like, the job that you do, because, you know, you have a dream job, really. You spend your day outside looking at trees. I do. Um, I, I'm an arboriculturalist, so um, I look after trees. My principal task in the Royal Parks is making sure that the trees are safe for people. So I'm surveying trees, or usually on an annual basis, in the trees in the areas where... You've got a lot of people underneath trees. Um, and uh, then I specify works to trees uh, to uh, mitigate any risks. So if there's, you know, if there's a significant decay in the tree, I might specify for it to be felled. Otherwise, I might uh, specify a reduction. or uh, So making the crown smaller on the tree, or I might just talk about crown lifting, bringing the, the trees off, uh, the lower branches up, so that people can pass underneath without encountering them or machine we can though we try and not do that um, so I've got quite a technical relationship with trees in that aspect but of course I love trees as well and I, I love trees and have a uh, you know spending a lot of time with them and beneath them you just it is extremely rewarding in terms of a calming the calming influence of, of green space and which is a, a huge asset for all of us and particularly in London and you know something that everybody's aware of Every, all politicians uh, seem to acknowledge it uh, it's a question of political will funding and uh, and consistent policy I think to ensure that these fantastic resources remain available to all of us but um yeah. Trees are quite um, magical, aren't they? And there's a lot of kind of myth and mm. storytelling and history around people's relationships with trees. And, you know, there's the, the, that kind of derisive comment about being a tree hugger. But that's because actually when you get up quite close to a tree, it is an extraordinary thing. Um, you know, not just in its size and its splendour and its, you know, longevity, that they are incredible things. So, so obviously the trees, you have a very strong personal connection with the trees, both here in Regent's Park and in the other parks you look after. What sparked the idea for actually widening that so it was an encounter that everybody could have, but with but with music? Well, it's, uh, when I when I'm out surveying, and it's it's probably something you, Marianne, won't be happy about, but mm. I often listen to the radio when I'm surveying, which I'm looking at trees one by one as a kind of very methodical um, process. Sometimes spending two minutes looking at a tree, sometimes spending ten minutes looking at a tree, so it's quite a meditative process mm. I listen to Radio 3 the, the, and, and I listen to my own music as well um, and uh, every so often I'm standing beneath a tree gazing up into its canopy and its arching branches uh, or the light filtering through the leaves and the piece of music is just right mm. every so often that happens of course it does, music is fabulous that way, it often can illustrate how you feel about a moment we all know that um, so I suppose it was that idea was the thing. And I'd seen um, 
uh, some installation work by some artists using multi-speaker setups. And I was trying to remember the name of the artist, and I can't remember. Um, but uh, wonderful work, in fact, using uh, uh, individual microphones on a 30-piece orchestra. And then the microphones arranged uh, in a church, in an empty church, and the playback there without the orchestra. So you had all of the individual instruments being played through these individual microphones, you, through these individual speakers, you could walk through the space and, and experience it So kind it of an immersive way. experience of so being part that, of the orchestra. Exactly. Mm. And so that, so that was a part of the element. So initially on this idea, uh, this idea was, uh, couldn't we have, could we have trees playing back music? Mm. I investigated that, and that's putting speakers onto trees which is an ideal, or even having musicians sat at the base of trees playing music for them, which is also a nice idea. Possibly a little impractical for an everyday impractical, experience. Impractical. Uh, there may be as a one-off, might be an interesting thing to do, but somebody said, have you thought about using a geolocation app? I approached um, Echoes, who could do the thing. So just for those people who don't unique, know, what a is a geolocation, geolocation app? app? A geolocation app uh, is an app which... Uh, delivers information based on your lo- your GPS location. Oh, right. So we use so them all the time you with can, Google Maps. Yeah, you exactly. load it, you stick it in your pocket, and you walk through the space. Your your location alone triggers the playback mm-hmm. or the information coming to your okay. screen. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it, it serves this purpose very well. The additional thing that the app developer Echoes could do in this case was do multiple playbacks at one time. Just as when you're underneath a, a canopies of a, a closed canopy of trees where you've got a few trees like these elms that surround us now, you have crossing canopies and I wanted the music that was composed for trees to work as in the same way that crossing canopies do. Mm-hmm. So I was interested straight away in the idea of um, phasing and multi-layering of music mm-hmm. music of Steve Reich and um, uh, Philip Glass and mm-hmm. other modernists play with that idea and it's one of so, the... so what we've got really is, is one of those classic examples isn't it of art mirroring nature so we're standing under this canopy and I'm looking up and I can see lots of branches crossing over each other interlocking you know one tree is merging into another tree you know it's a beautiful sense of being enclosed but still open to, to, to the world around us um, and obviously, you know, we've got lots of leaves, so we've got leaf cover, so we're seeing lots and lots of different dimensions. And that, that sparked in you this idea of actually having a multi-layered musical experience as you connect with the trees, to give people another way into the trees. Is that right? Yeah. Um, also, really, just another reading of trees. Mm. Just, in the, you know, here, here we are. I read trees. I read them aesthetically. God, <laughs> you know, look, look how full that canopy is. And then I read them scientifically or arboriculturally I'd say mm. okay this tree's got some weaknesses in it there is some there's some decay in that there's a there's a point in this trunk here which means that the lifespan of this tree is limited because the structural integrity is going to be seriously compromised when decay gets in so we probably have to fell it in 20 years time mm. that tree's got this tree's got a short lifespan that tree's got a long lifespan for simple observations mm. like that so I'm thinking those things just as we all think about many things in parallel I think you can have a, an aesthetic response and a more uh, narrative response, if you like, uh, to things. And so in the same way, the music 
that I think was composed was composed with that more narrative understanding mm. or of because I work with students I'd spent a short amount of time but explained what my basic ideas were I spent a short amount of time with them we walked the site discussing different tree species my understanding of them and then I handed it over to them you know please compose um, it's interesting that you chose music as well uh, as a way to for people to communicate with the trees I guess in a way could be poetry um, yeah why the concept of yeah. reading the tree through through music yeah. is actually quite interesting isn't it because that's bringing together different disciplines and we've been talking about reading trees but actually it's encountering trees isn't it with yeah. another set of senses so yeah. why, why did you choose poetry rather than like storytelling uh, sorry music. Why, why did you choose music instead of poetry or storytelling or just interviews uh, music is the finest art form. Interesting. You've got a personal prejudice creeping in there. No, I think that's <laughs> widely acknowledged. Well, <laughs> actually, I, I, I'm sure these composers well, would have, agree. I mean, yeah, exactly. But I think it's about... The other thing about it is it's about an immersive experience, isn't it? So I'm thinking back to you know when we had Michael Pinsky on the pod and we were talking about he created an art installation which was an immersive installation where you actually went through... And, and felt the pollution from different cities. So you're actually encouraging mm. people to use their senses to interact with, mm. the, with the natural world. Well, I just want to turn to the composers because we're really lucky that we've been joined under our tree canopy by two composers from the Royal Academy of Music, which is not far from where we're standing, Isaac and Margheta. Ja- this is an extraordinary project, probably nothing like what you thought you'd be doing when you went to <laughs> music college no. to, to, to write and compose. Tell me how it felt from your perspective and how you actually got into the kind of... The, the grain of the tree to be able to, to compose at all? So, um, for me it was well, it's was, it was very different to anything I've done before. Um, so I just approached it from a very methodical sort of point of view. So I, I walked around the trees. Um, it's not very far from where I live so I, I could spend a few days here just going around the trees and experiencing sort of first for a very sort of sensual experience and then I started to take photographs and research the trees um, on Wikipedia and the internet and things um, just to try and get inspiration for musical ideas because um, for to, to create a tree within the musical context is, is a bit of an odd concept because um, it's I think it's um, it's interesting to hear a piece of music that's all been created and then relate it to a tree um, but to actually start from the tree as the original idea is quite odd so for me it was it originally was the shapes because for my music, my personal music, um, I work a lot with sort of visual ideas um, and the shapes and how that relates to the musical line. Um, so that was kind of the starting point. So I took photos of the, the branches and the leaves. Um, and then moving forward, I think also some of, the, some of the historical aspects of some of the trees came into it, uh, sort of where they come from and things. Uh, that was interesting to work with that. And, um, yeah, and then it just once you start going with the music and the trees, I, I just I would sit underneath the tree with my laptop and uh, edit some sounds and things, and I, I felt like being with writing music underneath the trees and around the trees really helps 
creating a sort of a reflection of the truth. Anyway. That's really interesting because I, I guess if you'd said to somebody, you know, we put a composer under a tree, and they'd have probably visions of somebody scribbling on, you know, on on on, 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 on musical score paper and actually getting inspiration from looking up. But actually, you've gone about that in a very quite a methodical, uh, semi-mechanical way, haven't you? Yeah. You've looked at because your inspirations come from shapes, but you've looked at it, you've researched it, and then you've sat with a laptop, so you've brought technology right slap bang into the experience of being in nature and experiencing nature. How, I mean, we were talking earlier about that whole process of composition, and I've never composed anything, so I'd have no idea where you start, but presumably it's quite um, structured, but what you've created here is actually in some ways unstructured, isn't it? Because it's got all these different entry points. How did that, how did that work? So with a, music, with a normal musical piece, you think a lot about the linear structure of the work. So you think about the beginning, the development, the middle, the end, all of that. Um, whereas with the trees, it's more... I saw it. More, I think we're all we're encouraged to see it more modularly. So you write um, textural motifs, melodic motifs, um, and then you incorporate them uh, through the um, the whole species uh, in 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 a way that's not structured by time. You had to uh, work with the idea that the, the music, the playback, could be a continuous thing as well, mm. and so you knew that it was going to be on a loop. The loops were between 30 seconds, 20 seconds and a minute long. How long were your loops? So mine were between 30 and 1 minute 30. So I think, yeah, it comes back to this idea of the fact that it's looping, but it will never loop at the same... Because every piece is a different length, so they'll loop at different times. So therefore you always get a different um, sort of woven texture that you can't really control as closely. And especially because there's six of us that are doing it. Um, you, can, you can never control the overall sound at one particular time so you ha- really have to work um, yeah not, not linearly and sort of how the music works really t- interconnectedly yeah. as, as the trees are so, so how did you work together the two of you did you work together or did you work separately and then come together to share your pieces I believe we firstly worked separately and then we tried to work all together all six of us how all these trees uh, are well how they work together basically and is that difficult, composing almost together collectively? That must be quite challenging because you must have very different styles. Yes, but I think it matched really nicely, although each of the composition is quite different. Okay. Um, what, what are yours based on? Because yours are on, uh, Isaac, yours are on uh, uh, harp, I think you said, and piano. Are yours, what instruments are you using? For, for I the... used mainly sampled uh, virtual instruments, and I, uh, I was uh, inspired by the... Well, let's say also how the tree looked like and because uh, I came here when the weather was always different so for instance leaves they acted a little bit different in a, when it was quite windy so I listened to it and tried to be inspired by that as well okay, so it's different aspect. interactions personal interactions with the trees that have actually helped you create the, the pieces that you've put together yes it's the first, my first time listening to it when I first heard all of your pieces. It was a very windy day, and that was wonderful to listen to the music with the canopies moving around. Which, and it is an experience that we're all talking about it now in a group, but it's an experience mm. that is really valuable as a as a solo experience, mm. a thing to be done in solitude. I think I think um, people enjoy that and. To be taken time with, it's not a not an experience to be rushed. Could you change? Could you develop it so that it changes with the seasons? We talked about that. Yeah. You know, we talked about you, the 
compositions, you recompose your pieces. Yeah. Or layer to, them to, even more. Right? Yeah, to, to recompose the pieces for trees without leaves. Yeah. 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 I feel we need to t- explain to listeners just a little bit about how it works. So, so, so you download the app, and obviously the Royal Parks have supported this, so presumably it's freely available to everybody. It's free. It's free. Yeah, it's uh, we love, love it when things are free. <laughs> Thank you, Royal Parks. You download the app and you... You, you, you walk towards the trees that are that are mapped. So it's only set at the moment. It's only certain groups of trees in the park. It's not all the trees, obviously. Yeah, it's a small area, I suppose, about three hundred meters by a couple of hundred meters. But with like quite a wide variety. With about one hundred and fifty different trees of about thirty different species. So there's Ooh, okay, a, significant. You've got a thirty thirty different basic melodies, tunes, mm. sounds, sound loops, sound. What do we call them? What did we call them in the end? I, I can't remember. Sounds, Echoes. Soundscapes. Sounds. Well, like, yeah, the whole thing is a soundscape. Um, what did we so you walk towards do? the trees yeah. and you have your, your earphones in and as you approach the trees, the music starts to play or the sounds play. But, but, but going back to that idea of interlocking and interweaving and interconnectedness, depending on which direction you're coming from, the, the, it will always sound slightly different. Is that yes, right? Yes, well, it's the... The, 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 the landscape that you walk through here is, is quite varied. So there are small groves of trees, like the one we're standing under now, which is some 10-metre, 5- to 10-metre um, Japanese elms. There's about 10 of them, all fairly closely grouped together with overlocking canopies. So as you walk through this, you'd hear the overlocking music, but all the music would be the same because they're all the same species. So you'd get a, a phasing over lapping, uh, layering sequence of maybe six different sounds all playing at the same time but as you move through the space new ones kicking in other ones kicking out as you move in and out of their, their range as you go elsewhere through the landscape there are individual trees surrounded by grass where you'll just hear them on their own and there is an option with the app to listen to all of the individual trees um, if you wish. But in terms of the, of the in experience in the soundscape, you have that variety of, of multi-layering, and that's where the phasing comes in, uh, where you've got different playback from maybe different species as well. You walk through, uh, there's an area where there's a, a, a purple plum, a couple of oaks and a lot of field maples all very close together. So there you'd have, you know, the, the, the three different melodies playing, but um, six six versions of the field maple all playing and then it goes into beats. So a lot of layering and a lot of phasing. So quite a complex sound. You have to be happy to kind of entertain a, a complex layering sound. But I think that's, of course back to the composers they knew and that was always part of the proposal their briefing and they understood that yeah. I think absolutely and that's why it's such a pleasure to listen two to. things really strike me about that one is the fact that if you like you've empowered the person who's listening to create their own musical landscape because everybody will experience it differently and every time you experience it it'll be different because you'll come to things from a different angle so you'll get those interplays and those overlaying differently and the other is that's really recreating the experience one might have just walking through a wooded area because 
by definition, every time you walk through a wooded area, it's different. You might hear a different insect or bird or external noise or the atmosphere might be clearer so things are sharper. So it's re- really empowering your listener but also saying this is what walking and encountering trees is like and always been like. We're just giving you a kind of... If you like, we're giving you a kind of musical enhancement of that because... Yeah, in a, in a way, but I, th- I, I mean... There's a lot of appreciation of trees going on in the background out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I, I'm... I work in the parks and I love the parks but they are utterly man-made these are a man-made environment using natural forms natural systems and I'm always acutely aware of that I don't think that's a bad thing and of course 95% of the, the British landscape is exactly that mm. and I, but I think recognising it in many ways makes it more interesting yeah. you know and ha- because it's about our intervention it's mm. about how we've created landscape and how we've laid it out how we've planted and trees this is just another form of, of intervention isn't it but it's a but it's one that's actually a, 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 an individual and slightly freeing intervention as opposed to a very structured intervention going back to your yeah. thoughts earlier marianne about how we're dis, we're distanced from the natural world all the time so this is another way of encountering you know the sounds of the natural world in a way that people might not have been able to in in other experiences yeah i think just going back to the idea of using music as well i think because there, there are other artistic projects which um, aim at enhancing people's relationship with trees. And specifically, I'm thinking of Harvey and Aykroyd, the Ash Tree Project, um, where they're trying to raise awareness of ash dieback. Mm. Um, but there's something about music, and I think in the human, human experience of music, which is quite uh, instinctive. There's, there's something really deep... Um, in fact, I was speaking to Jackie Morris, the co-author of The Lost Words, and they're bringing out an album in July of The Lost Words spell songs. And she's a visual artist and writer, but she said that music has more power in a way because it kind of reaches into this really kind of primal... She didn't use the word primal, but she, she mentioned, you know, lullabies. Mothers, parents sing lullabies to their kids, and then at the other end, people with dementia or... You know, losing their memory, they'll remember the words of songs. They'll mm. remember music. So I think it just touches people in a way that other artistic forms can't. So I think it's really interesting that you chose to use music. Can I ask a question of the uh, composers? Just a second. Uh, how much are you conscious of not unduly influencing people by your own interpretation of the tree, or, or what you th- you think that well, that tree looks very calm, so I'm going to write calm music, or that tree is being blown around by the wind, so I'm going to write sort of stormy music or music. And is that an issue, or, or is that actually part of what you want to do anyway? I mean, maybe I think that's also kind of what's interesting about the project because um, if people wanted to have their own um, experience of the trees, they could do that without the music. Uh, and it's kind of I, I wouldn't I personally don't see it as an enhancement. It's like um an abstract sort of take on the trees mm. uh, so it is really our sort of as composers it's our um, our experience of the trees really and that's yeah. what's what the people are listening to yeah. Yeah. that's no different from a visual artist though is it if you see someone who's painted a tree you only ever see the tree as interpreted by the by the visual artist who painted it and you might encounter that tree and it may look very different to you so so it's, it's, so it's not about it's not an imposition is it it's merely an interpretation it's a response I think and I like mm. that, that, yeah. that idea of music and art being a response to the environment, mm. particularly with the natural world, you know photography freed um, uh, visual art from from uh, 
realism and uh, you know we've had we've had 150 years of wonderful art in, from the Impressionists onwards um, and in similar ways with music music's always been freer though always been free there's no, been no I suppose there's been some tradition of, of the, the kind of um, the um, the pastoral in in um, in music uh, but uh, the links to nature where we're not they're often stated in by musical composers or by the names of of music or by the the known names of music but it's, it always seems to me the relationship is much more abstract than any other art forms and music is inherently more abstract than other yeah. art forms why why classical music why did well I t- it's not it's it's music it's all music to me i I don't. I, I've d- don't. I don't know. Do you describe your music as classic, classical music? I wouldn't say so. No. <laughs> but how would you describe it? I, honestly, I don't know. It's just it was inspired by the tree, and mm. that's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think possibly we're using classical rather than saying it's not heavy rock, is it? So yeah. oh, maybe that's oh. maybe maybe that's <laughs> as, as close a, disc- a, a, a descriptor as that we want to come to. Yeah. Um, what. What would you like people to do as a result of encountering the trees in this way? I mean, is this because we feel people need to... Are you keen that people are more engaged with trees but also campaign for trees? Because we know we have a, a, a need to plant more trees. They're vitally important in the ecosystem, not just for biodiversity but for carbon sequestration. We've got a target to another, a trillion more trees need to be planted across the planet. So are you encouraging people to get close to trees and then take action or is it purely enough for, the, for you for them just to enjoy it? Um, that's a big question. <laughs> we like big questions. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday I was um, sitting on the uh, in an office in Camden uh, with the London Tree Officers Association, um, and we were having our inaugural uh, climate change working party meeting. So, uh, yes, all those issues are there. Um, this experience is about pleasure, but I think anybody that. Anything, any experience that engages people with trees, just even getting to know tree species names is good, you know, as far as I'm concerned. And I'd love for kids to come out and and see it and enjoy it. I've no idea why all the kids in the UK are not taken to their local park and taught the name of tree species. Why don't we, you know, you, you said, I said, what's your tree knowledge like and you said um, a bit ropey yeah a bit ropey and you said I could tell what an oak is well you know that's crazy isn't it and I was the same I retrained in midlife but it it strikes me it's that it's the it's absolutely a simple way of um, getting people to engage with nature is getting them to engage with some of the scientific detail which a lot of people are fascinated Mm. maybe some people aren't but just you know names understanding terminology it's, it's it's fascinating stuff so our call to action is for everybody to go out and learn the names of the trees in their local park um, and teach it to somebody else in your family whether that's a parent or 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 a sibling and the app is called music for trees and if you want to find out more then do um, look at resurgence magazine there'll be an article accompanying this planet pod in the magazine and i'd just like to say a huge thank you to our, our guest today so matt from the royal parks Marianne from Resurgent magazine. Do buy it, it's brilliant. Um, 
Margetta and Isaac, our composers. So thank you all for being part of Planet Pod. And also we're just going to leave now with some, some of the music that the, has been composed for the app. So our closing words are not words, they're sounds. That's a lot of trees. Thank you to my guests and thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you about what you think about Planet Pod. You can tweet at planet underscore pod or get in touch via the website theplanetpod.com where you can subscribe and download previous episodes. If you've enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review. It helps us make better programmes. Be sustainable and stay green. Planet Pod is an Akil Sounds production hosted by me, Amanda Carpenter, Edited and produced by Jim Haywood, with additional research by Beth Palmer.